0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The ClusterCast, a filterless podcast on family travel. I am your co-host, Scott Lyons.
1: And I'm Anna Lyons.
0: Well, this episode is pretty special. We are celebrating our podcast first birthday. Happy
1: Woo-hoo! birthday, little podcast. One year ago today, we knocked back several gin and lemonades and recorded <laughs> our first episode and then sent this little podcast out into the internet void.
0: Right. You, you say several as there were many.
1: Yeah and there were many takes as well <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before I that. we sent it out
0: so. <laughs> so it's probably an understatement to say that the following year was full of the most unexpected twists and turns twists and turns I should say not just one some were fun yeah, some there's a were lot of twists <laughs> some were exciting some were awful uh, and some were awful and life changing but yet here we are
1: in a funny you know twist This podcast has weirdly become the most consistent thing to come out of 2019 and 2020. (laughs) So at least for us, you know.
0: Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, this podcast has grown and gained a lot of momentum during some of the hairier moments of 2020.
1: That's putting it delicately. (laughs) And
0: and we owe 100% of that to you, our listeners.
1: Absolutely. This podcast would be nowhere without our fabulous band of readers and listeners who tell the internet day in and day out that our stuff is worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And for that, we are incredibly grateful.
0: Absolutely. So thank you, listeners, readers, or followers for a year of growth, literally and figuratively. We are looking forward to yet another year of recording and making meaningful content on family travel.
1: Yes. Um, so over the past year, we've gotten a few listener suggestions for, you know, just various episode topics. And while they are really good suggestions, um, they weren't really something that we could make an entire episode out of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
0: and if we did try to make an episode out of them, it would probably just be really rambly and tangential and clearly would start to sound like we were trying to run out the clock,
1: which nobody likes. The. <laughs> The ums, the so what else is there? What else? <laughs> the irrelevant stories we try to tie back to the subject just so we can stretch this thing from <laughs> 15 minutes to 30. <laughs> so. right.
0: But at the same time, we still felt like these suggestions were worthwhile, mm-hmm. even though we couldn't speak at length about them, which is why we have this episode today.
1: Yes, exactly. So, your suggestions and our opinions on a series of listener submissions from over the last year.
0: Yeah, we we didn't get to all of them, uh, but we have a few that we will discuss and perhaps we'll make this a regular thing, maybe?
1: Totally. Yeah. If this is something that uh, people like, we will absolutely keep doing the multi-topic listener suggested episodes in addition to our regular content. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. So Mm -hmm. these are like mini episodes within a big one. So... Inceptisodes.
1: There it is. Yeah. Inceptisodes. <laughs> so, There's always
0: a way to get that in there somehow.
1: Right. It kind of changed how you how you talk about that sort of thing. So the first question slash suggestion is that we got from a listener is how did we make the transition from traveling with one kid to two? That's, that's a good one. It is. It is. And, and I and I really thought, huh, yeah, you're right. That that is something to talk about. So this listener is expecting a second child and is wondering what it was like for us when we made that transition.
0: Okay, so should we do this like uh, This American Life?
1: Ooh, do you want to borrow my glasses?
0: (laughs) You do have the glasses, but I don't think I'd be able to see at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not my prescription. Nope, nope. So, okay, hang on. Let me get some music ready. All right. This American Life. I'm Ira Glass. So, going from one kid to two, it's not as easy, nor as hard as you think. In Act 1, Anna and Scott share their experiences. Act 2, there was a news story about a lady who pretended to be pregnant and avoid luggage fees. So, how how far would you go to hustle the airline? 3. Why do cheap hotels have free breakfasts and Wi-Fi? And the expensive ones don't. We'll tell you why the La Quinta is awesome. Coming up soon on this American Life by Myra Glass. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so how was that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Was it like, I mean, <laughs> it was more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There, there, there's there's one thing.
1: I'm not going to be able to get through this if you <laughs> keep doing the Ira Glass okay. voice. All
0: right. So there's the one thing. You need bigger hotel rooms for two kids, right? Instead yeah. One, right? Airbnbs, mm-hmm. cars, airplane seats, things like that. So the mm-hmm. obvious.
1: Mm-hmm. That changed. So I would also say going from buying three plane tickets to four that was a rough transition. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why. It's only one more ticket. Um, and it isn't like we were suddenly doubling the cost or anything. It just somehow felt like a lot more.
0: You know, and there's one more thing about airlines and tickets. A lot of planes have three seats together on the sides. That's the true. Yeah. So a whole new thing you have to think about is do you sit behind the three people in your family or sit across the aisle? Mm-hmm. Whole new world. It is. It, it <laughs> actually is. So, and so part of that is kind of what they say, right? It hit different.
1: It does. <laughs> it does hit different. And I think it was easier to travel on the cheap with one kid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Because we could use quote unquote any old car rental or any old hotel room that could fit a pack and play. You know, we had the flexibility to bargain hunt. And with one kid, we had the mental energy to hustle.
1: And that's a lot of it right there. Yeah. It isn't to say that you can't bargain hunt with multiple children, but it just becomes more challenging because honestly, you just need one thing to be easy. Just one thing would be great. A little convenience. Just one thing needs to be easy
0: and straightforward.
1: Yeah. So I'd say that doing the whole lap baby thing was also easier with one. Yeah. I'm, you know, I don't know why we had fewer seats available to us, but still it seemed easier
0: Yeah, exactly. There was definitely a learning curve the first few times we traveled as a family of four. Yeah, no doubt.
1: Those were rough. So the first time we traveled as a family of four was to and, and this is also to say we had done lots of like little local road trips. Like to my parents' house, like we go see family who sure. you know a couple hours away. So this is not the first time we had like left our home as a family of four, but this was the first flight we had taken. Mm-hmm. And so it was to my cousin's wedding, and we flew from Phoenix to Dallas, and that was back when Southwest had like they had like some weird mandatory stop in San Antonio or something before they could land in Dallas, and there were thunderstorms, and so we were just stuck on the tarmac for forever and little oliver was not having any of it
0: right yeah he uh any of it he refused to sleep that entire day mm. and cried the whole time mhm the whole time
1: the whole time it wasn't like the guttural like scream but it was definitely like like the perma wainy sound right yeah so i was so embarrassed and charlie dumped a whole thing of like cheese it's on the floor of the plane and it wasn't like a whole cracker that you could sensibly clean up like it was the tiny crumbs that just embedded in the carpet and if that passenger shaming Instagram account had existed back then we totally would have been on it I even told the flight attendant I'm like do you have a vacuum I could use like I'll clean this like I'm not like I'm not above this and she just laughed and told me not to worry but I still worry about it sometimes like what right. did they think about me
0: yeah, you know, it makes me wonder: Do they actually put vacuum cleaners on planes? They
1: should keep vacuum cleaners <laughs> on planes
0: <laughs> Did she think, no, we don't have a vacuum cleaner, or she just like, I don't know which closet it's in? No,
1: no there's <laughs> like a separate crew that comes in and cleans. Of which, course, which is part of the reason why I get annoyed by that passenger shaming account because they make it yeah. seem like the the flight attendants are doing the cleaning. They're yeah. not. There's know for a cleaning sure they're crew.
0: Not, they're not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Eh, whatever. So that's why she told me not to worry about it. I'm sure if she was doing the cleaning. Yeah. Right. It would have been a different story.
0: Right. And I know you worry about it sometimes too.
1: I do. I know. do. I wonder. But that
0: flight, that flight was horrible. Yeah. You know, we knew we knew we had our take your 2-year-old to Europe trip planned that coming year, and we genuinely were not sure we would make it. Oh,
1: I looked up whether we could take a passenger ship across the Atlantic. I mean, like is that still a thing?
0: Like, like the ship that floats across the Atlantic. Yeah, like a like the Titanic. <laughs> is like, it still a
1: thing? Can we cross the Atlantic in a boat? <laughs> so it is actually it's still done, but it's okay. on cargo ships. So they will sell you a cabin or two, and um, didn't look very kid friendly, obviously. No. <laughs> it's kid ship or it's a cargo ship, so that's not something. Anyway, uh, but. Obviously, with that knowledge, we just kind of hope that he'd grow out of his fussy 15-month-old phase.
0: So, We just tell passengers walking by when he's crying, saying, any day now, he'll get over it. Any day.
1: (laughs) Any day.
0: And two, you know, as well, you have to remember this was before the era of tablets. You know, unless you wanted to pay $500 and up for something Apple made... Uh, Otherwise, it was Cheerios and junk from the dollar store. If you wanted to try and entertain your kids on a plane. Which we did. And we did. We did.
1: We did the Cheerios and the dollar store garbage. And no, in case you're wondering, it did not keep them entertained.
0: Not for very long. Nope.
1: Nope. Total waste. Total waste.
0: (laughs) So I think I remember that flight was a steep, steep learning curve for us. So we were just constantly reacting the kids crying. We didn't have a strategy. We just were being very reactive. And Oliver was just punchy and whining and literally crying to keep from falling asleep.
1: Yes. I mean, and we were not the parents who are just sitting there not doing anything. You know, just mm-hmm. letting their kid run amok. That is not the case. We were trying to soothe. We were trying to keep him quiet. Bottles, crackers, 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 bottle, crackers. Nothing kept him quiet. Uh, so I think the biggest lesson that I learned from that particular trip that particular flight was that the kids need to be wait for it well rested before we leave I know that doesn't sound I don't know catchy it's not catchy to say that I think most of us are after some kind of magical toy that will fix it but Mm -hmm. I really think the deck was stacked against us because Oliver hadn't slept well and was just overstimulated and miserable. And that was before we even got on the plane. And then it just made it worse as soon as we got into an unfamiliar right. environment.
0: And you can tell too, when you look back at the photos of him at oh, the yeah. airport before we left, mm-hmm. you can, you can look at him and see just how tired he was before we even got on. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, oh yeah. I mean the first thing you can pull up one of those <sighs> photos cause it was like, Oh, baby's first flight. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he looks so <laughs> tired. He needs a nap.
0: Yeah. Delete that caption. Tired baby's first flight. Tired. Very <laughs> tired babies,
1: like irrationally tired baby. And I think what happened was in all the commotion to get ready to leave. Obviously, this was our first big trip as a family of four. We were skipping naps and going to bed late to get everything prepped. You know, just trying to think of every disastrous iteration that could happen and wanting to make sure we had everything we needed. And I mean, it's not an understatement to say that Oliver was more frazzled than us before we even set foot in the airport. Like he was picking up on all of that and hadn't slept well and was just exhausted and it wasn't good.
0: So. From then on, we made sure the kids going to bed early and getting good naps was a priority, especially in the weeks leading up to our departure.
1: Yes. And all the last minute travel errands for all the crazy iterations of disaster that could happen were done by one parent. So the other one stayed home and made sure the kids were taking naps and well rested. And the other one was doing the weird trip to Walgreens to make sure we (laughs) had baby Tylenol or whatever it is we might need. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: So we divided and conquered. That's the only Mm -hmm. way to tackle that one.
1: Yep. Yeah. Don't bring don't make it a family affair and be like, oh, we'll just get dinner and it'll be fun. No, <laughs> no. Get those kids in bed early and you right. go by yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, and we were uh, we were still in denial that our kids could sleep on airplanes. Yes. So we were holding out hope that our kids would. Yeah. Still doesn't really happen. to No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it doesn't.
1: And I don't blame them because I can't sleep either. So I kind yeah. of understand what they're going through. So. Now, and from then on, we just kind of aimed for the run out the clock type deals when we fly. And thankfully, the kids are older now. And so they can manage their own discontent and be on their tablets.
0: Right. Yeah, especially now, because tablets are ubiquitous and very affordable. Very affordable. Thank you, Amazon.
1: Thank you. (laughs) You do a lot of terrible things, but your tablets aren't bad. So there was a point in time where I was talking to just a fellow travel mom blogger. And something came up about kids sleeping on airplanes. And I, I just mentioned offhandedly thinking that I was not alone in this. And I just said my kids never sleep on airplanes. And she responded with this like, oh, man, that's rough. Like insinuating she probably would have never traveled with her kids had they not been good plane sleepers. So this was the first time that I kind of understood that maybe that's the norm. So allow us to be a beacon of you can do it to those of you with kids who are fussy sleepers, you can travel, too. It can be done.
0: Yep. It will suck, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. No, we're not telling you it's going to be great. <laughs> but it can be done. <laughs> it's not going to be great, but it can be done. There's a difference.
0: <laughs> and by the way, you can check out our Flying with Kids episode by, you know, for, uh, for details on how we manage that. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Go check that out. In our prior Rule. year. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So getting back on track here...
0: Right. Another issue that came to light with going from one to two was around hotels and Airbnbs. Mm -hmm. Right. So something happens when you have two little displaced meerkats sleeping (laughs) in a single room with you and your spouse.
1: They do just like pop up like little meerkats. Like Like, four to a room. You sneeze and all of a sudden they're like, "Whoop! we're up. We're looking around like, what was that? Uh, it, it seems like everything falls apart so much easier. Maybe it's that the two kids feed off of each other. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But spring for two hotel rooms or a two-room suite if you can.
0: Yep, we definitely try that. And that reminds me of a time we went to visit my family in Southern California for Thanksgiving. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And we had gotten a, a two-room suite.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's just you a cautionary tale of it's not a guarantee. If Even if you get your two-room suite, like it could still all be horrible mm-hmm. so this was our second big trip we had taken as a family of four training for the big europe a if you will
0: yeah oh yeah i remember this this hotel was uh well it had two rooms Tec- yes
1: technically yes
0: technically but also completely terrible <laughs> yeah oh my gosh so we were in uh, a gross suburb of la and our hotel was blocked in with a security gate
1: and i mean we're not talking like a doorman and a nice like gate with little like swirls in the metal or something like that like we're talking cinder block walls razor wire looped on top of said cinder block walls Mm -mm. like shawshank prison if you will to keep the bad guys out (laughs) and the good guys in like a reverse prison um and we had to buzz in and buzz out and I mean, and it was like a buzzing and then the kachunk, and then the gate wouldn't go back. And this was any time. This was not certain hours of the day. This was any time, day or night mm-hmm. there. It should probably come as no surprise that there was nowhere to hang out in the hotel grounds, like no open plaza to let the kids play and romp. The pool was about as green and terrifying as you could imagine. Yep. And the two rooms of our hotel suite faced the loudest and brightest and busiest parts of the hotel like if you can imagine two parts of the hotel were horrible so I guess it was just the whole thing was just bright and busy and loud and mm.
0: right so Mm. no peace and no quiet no (laughs) none you could say that None. so nowhere to let the kids play Mm -hmm. Um, and so we'd go visit our family and we we'd drive to Malibu to try and give the kids a fun experience yeah. You know, and then drive back to our sad hotel at night. That was a that was a rough one.
1: That was a really rough one. And one that, I mean, it's made us wiser. Sure. Because, I mean, it looked really nice on the website.
0: And looks can obviously and we, be deceiving. And we
1: paid a lot for it. I mean, it was California, sure. so sure. <laughs> so nobody slept that entire week, and we were irritable and grumpy the entire time. Yep. So especially when you looked at the cost, you're like, I'm paying all this money to be exhausted. <laughs> this is
0: yep. horrible. So we learned two things from the first few trips as a family of four. Sleep is more important before a flight. Flying flying is a run out of the clock situation. And Airbnbs with two or more bedrooms and a yard is the only way to travel. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember um, we were staying in a hotel room one time or we trying to in Madrid. We were coming back on our europe trip and all four of us were not allowed to be in one room Mm -hmm. so that's another thing you have to think about certain hotels especially in europe three to a room is max so if you have a family of four yeah you have to buy two rooms you have to split and they may not be adjoining rooms either
1: they never were we were on like different floors yep and so, so
0: we drew straws, rock, paper, scissors, or just said, you'll sleep with one kid. I'll sleep with the other one. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> what we did. And it, it was
1: fine, but it would have been nice to just, I guess, have that
0: specified. something we didn't know ahead of time. So when we were trying to book the hotel, uh, cause we didn't nail it down before we left.
1: Well, um, we've gotten, we've gotten hosed several times in Europe because we're a family of four. Right will either you know some, one one place gave us like adjoining rooms and literally everywhere else has been separate rooms and separate floors so
0: well, something to think about
1: anyway so yeah um i just say get an airbnb whenever you can we've never looked back oh, yeah. and i would also add going from one to two lean into just having a lot of baby swag with you yep don't be a minimalist Minimalist. don't feel pressure to be a minimalist. You do what your family needs. Don't do what the social gram, social gram. There, that's what <laughs> I'm gonna call him. I have now shortened social media influencer you, <laughs> to social gram.
0: Did you see what they posted on the social gram today? The
1: social gram. Don't think about those stupid social gram families who are like, oh, we did it all in a carry on for five weeks. OK, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work. It's, you not less of a person because you need more bags. Oh, my gosh. If that's the litmus test for being a good person, then we're all screwed. So we had suitcases that were just for diapers and bottles for those first few years. I mean, yeah. that was those suitcases jobs was to hold the diapers and the bottles. So just lean into it. Strollers, suitcases, Pack and plays, car seats. Yep, it will all double. Just yep. be okay with it. Get okay with it now. It's just part of the process. And fly Southwest when you can, when whenever you can, so you can just check all the stuff.
0: And for your dads out there, get ready to carry all of it too, because oh, that's, that's not do. true. I had to <laughs> carry it too. Not all of it. But you get to, you know, heft that into in and out of trains. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: I made you do that. Yeah, I did. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. But it's
0: worth it. You want your kids there, right? Totally worth it.
1: That's true. Yeah, exactly. Well, and we usually have, like, designated jobs. And that's one thing that we did do is, particularly when we went up to two, was that we had jobs like your job was specifically this and my job was specifically that and then we just knew our roles no matter what there was no like oh is it your turn to take the kids or is it my turn to take the kids it was always like nope i did this you dealt with the luggage like that and that worked for us so yep i'll play the
0: game of tetris and get the thing packed and all that kind of stuff. and i would (laughs) and it works
1: because i don't want to do that and he doesn't want to run around after the kids so it's a perfect match
0: yeah and speaking of of trying to pack a lot of things into a small car, if you rent a car, definitely rent a minivan so that mm. becomes easier, you know? It's, yeah. And then you have room for all of it. And you know, mm. just lean into the whole minivan vibe. Yep. I know just it's hard. For buy some, some people. like
1: white new balances and <laughs> listen to Taylor Swift or I don't know what people who drive minivans listen to, but anyway. Whatever they want. Whatever they want. <laughs> Except <laughs> that's true um so except that it isn't going to be perfect those first few runs i think that's really important don't think it's going to go great don't you're still ironing there's going to be a lot of ironing so just like it wasn't perfect when you traveled with baby number one it's going to take time to figure out what works for you and what you need just keep looking for solutions
0: yeah Yep. yeah the first time you travel with any kid one two three it's uh it's not an indication of the future, right? So you will modify and tweak as you go. It takes time.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. And I would really say that aside from making sure we had good log- lodging, extra luggage, and accepting a higher cost of travel, um, the two versus one really wasn't that different aside from those things. Yep. So
0: Exactly. You are in the baby zone as it is. So you're already packing diapers. So bring a few more in a different size. You know, you are already coming back to the hotel for naps with one. So why not make it two?
1: Exactly. It's not a huge difference. And I think that's good news. Like sure, it gets a little more risky for failure. Like a bad hotel is really bad when you have a toddler and a preschooler instead of just a toddler or just a preschooler. But
0: right. So don't get bad hotels. Try not right? to Try <laughs> to avoid it.
1: Just try to avoid it.
0: Yeah. I mean, like we had in Southern California, we thought it would be good. Yeah. So, so. sometimes you uh, sometimes you miss. But uh, flying, flying is, uh, flying is whatever. Godspeed. Just do what you have to do. Yeah. Just One, get two, it. ten. Doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. It's going to be kind of bad. And laundry, for some reason, became a bigger deal. Don't ask me why. It just does. I guess because you have more people generating it. Yeah. I don't know. But I remember really caring about laundry once we were a family of four didn't matter up until that point, but now it suddenly now it does.
0: Yep, that's totally true, which is, again, why vacation rentals are awesome because they usually have a washer and dryer.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I'm happy to say that we did eventually hit our stride about six months of travel and we took our trip to Europe and it was a success. So don't freak about traveling with two kids, dear listener. Um, The transition wasn't that remarkable. You just pack up and keep going.
0: Exactly. Which now brings us to act two of our show. How far would you go to avoid baggage fees? The answer might surprise you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How about pretending to be pregnant, Ira? Ira, would you pretend to be pregnant?
0: Um, I would try at least once. At least once.
1: <laughs> at least once. Act two. So back in October of last year, an Australian travel writer by the name of Rebecca Andrews decided to stick it to the man the man being Jetstar airlines which upon further investigation i'm not familiar with australian airlines but when i kind of looked it up online it looks like it's a no frills sort of number that would be akin to ryanair and i don't know what the u.s equivalent would be to
0: ryanair. Uh, uh, uh it's probably spirit airlines yeah
1: Yeah. Spirit Airlines. So not
0: awesome. Your discount airline.
1: Mm -hmm. So just sort of that nickel and dime kind of feel like the airline is just waiting for an opportunity to price gouge you for something that would be free on literally any other airline.
0: Right. Or domestic British Airways. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Them. Where you have to pay for water.
0: So yeah. uh, Have some water, please. That'll be six pounds.
1: What? Why? No, the lady said nothing was free. You're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it could be a little bit more delicate. Right. So I looked on the Jetstar website and even the business class option just looked like economy in terms of seats, but with champagne, mm, an extra baggage allowance. So that ought to tell you something. So anyway, Rebecca Andrews decided to stick it to the man and avoid some of those nitpicky charges and managed to fashion a sort of fake baby bump with some nice. of her heavier luggage pieces <laughs> nice. to avoid paying the extra baggage fees. Oh man.
0: So she was uh faking being pregnant with uh with, with her personal items just to avoid baggage fees. Yes. So wow.
1: the fee was going to be 60 Australian dollars which would be roughly 42 <laughs> US dollars.
0: That was it. So yeah. it was more of a principle of the matter than She was just trying to prove a point.
1: Yes, I believe so. So according to the story written by Miss Andrews, and she did record this on her own, this was a carry-on. So that kind of, that would make me mad. Wow. If they're weighing carry-ons, so they get, you know, weighed and measured. And if they go over a certain amount, you have to pay before you board. And at that point, she had just simply had enough of that airline and decided to use some of her heavier but small items To look like she was pregnant to avoid paying the excess. So and I guess she even like slid her laptop down her back, too. So.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So. uh, So did she pull it off?
1: Not quite. So, yeah, I guess she made it all the way to boarding when she bent over and the flight crew saw her laptop peeking out behind her back. And she said she. (laughs) Yeah. She said she said she came clean. And (laughs) so she
0: paid the money. She did. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's pretty extreme, I tell you.
1: I agree, but I can't, honestly, like, I mean, I can't say I do it, but I understand why someone else would. I really, really do.
0: Right. Like, I understand, but I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've all had those moments where, I know everyone's going to be thinking about this when we say that there's a flight crew member that goes on a power trip mm-hmm. that was just, they were just triggered by some technicality and they make you feel like garbage.
1: Oh, yeah. I've all been there. Even though, let's remember, you've just paid them several hundred dollars and somehow you're made to be the person serving the flight staff, not the other way around.
0: Right. Like, do you have to remind them that my ticket purchase pays your salary, right? I know.
1: You're like, I'm the customer. (laughs) I'm sorry. Why am I working for you?
0: (laughs) Like if all of us left, you wouldn't be here either. Right. Exactly. Anyways, I I did uh, have this happen to me one time when i was carrying a suit with me on a business trip uh and the suit was in just a lightweight bag outside my luggage because i you know didn't want to get it wrinkled inside my Mm carry-on and it wasn't even a legitimate garment bag it was just one of those flimsy dust zipper things that stores send you you know yeah uh, and yeah yeah sure it could have easily fit into my carry-on bag it didn't take any up any additional room and the flight attendant stopped me and wouldn't let me board until I put it on my suitcase. Because technically I had a backpack, a carry-on, and the the zipper bag with the suit in it was a third thing. Oh and that they were, they were flexing that on me.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and at that point, <sighs> it is clearly just a power trip. Yeah. I mean, because you're like, I have room. It's not that I don't have room. And this is not going to keep someone from being able to put their luggage up you know up in the little overhead bin like what in the world and I've always just found it ridiculous that airlines will freak out over a slight overage in your luggage like I've stuffed several things in my carry-on purse and somehow that redistribution is considered acceptable even though you know like the same amount of weight is going on the airplane
0: yeah yeah it is the same at the end of the day like for that that uh, that garment bag that I had I did have to put it in my my bag it still took up the same amount of space, whether it was inside the bag or outside the Did you, bag. did you
1: take it out? Like once you put uh, it up overhead, like I would have probably slipped no. it out and like gently set it on top of my bag. Because
0: I was like at the, uh, you know, later zones boarding the plane, Oh, the shame zone. Yes. There mm. was not. Yeah. They okay. were watching me. Okay. Yeah. So, oh. But uh, I, but at the same time, I understand that you don't want like a 200 pound bag going through. Well, sure. You know? Obviously they're you know, that needs to be accounted for for logistics and fuel and all that kind of Health stuff. Health
1: and safety, but but sure. carry on. Yeah. Like a carry-on
0: item. Yeah, that should just be the honor system.
1: Tiny little duffel bag. Yeah. Or or just here's here's an idea, airlines. Build it into the ticket price. It is so stressful to always have that kind of thing lingering. You don't even want to buy mementos or gifts when you travel because you're terrified of the airline shaming. Right. And then you've just spent all this money and you have to just jettison it because you felt like a power trip.
0: Right. And I also think it's more than than the cost because they could build in the uh, in the cost and be subtle about it. But but no, they you know, they have to make a make it a big flex and shame people. And beyond that, when, you know, something in this instance, uh, the bag was free up to a certain point, then you had to pay this big fee even though the bag was just a few ounces over you know yeah you'd be like you're shipping a 200 pound box like where's the cutoff so just prorate it if it's really a big deal
1: totally just i will pay like if it is free up until you know like 25 pounds and i'm at 26 pounds then i will pay you for a pound right Like, why do I suddenly have to pay like I am shipping a 200 pound box? Like, that makes no sense to me. So it obviously just seems really grabby and threatening if they are not going to prorate it. So like, thank you for the four hundred dollars. Now, be sure to not pack that extra underwear because you might go over the limit and we'll charge you 50 (laughs) bucks. So if you're worried about the money, then just charge for 450. (laughs) Like, what?
0: yeah, it's the same thing with airlines or or prorate it. Yeah, and it's the same thing with with charging for food. It's mm-hmm. the dumbest thing ever. Like yeah. It, it seemed like at the same time we couldn't bring liquids with us on board. The airline stopped giving people food. Yes. So it was just doubly terrible.
1: It was double terrible. And then the baggage restrictions and crazy fees. It all just came into play at the same time and just went downhill from there.
0: Mm-hmm. Unless you're southwest.
1: Well, and the beauty or I guess irony is of Southwest is that they are reliable, friendly and give you two free bags and free snacks. And they've always done that. Right. And in a funny twist of fate, the non-luxury single class airline that everyone made fun of back in the 90s becomes the front runner in customer service today. So go figure. Yeah. Crazy. Maybe it's like the tortoise and the hare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I remember when airlines first started really really nitpicking luggage 15 years ago. Like places like Hawaii uh chimed in and said, "Hey, that's not cool. You know, we we rely on tourist dollars and when people buy souvenirs to bring home, if you don't let them put pack their souvenirs, yeah. you're restricting that. You're going to hurt their economy in Hawaii."
1: Oh, I remember that as well and I thought that was actually a very compelling argument. And I also remember the airlines giving the big old middle finger to anyone who disagreed with them and just did it anyway. (laughs) Like, they always, they just do it anyway. Yep. So.
0: Which is why you get uh, people doing stuff like pretending to be pregnant, because it isn't that you can't afford the fee. It's because the air industry has created this bizarre dynamic where you pay them for, you know, things that they micromanage. Yeah. And, and, you know, you need them to survive in another location. And we let them. Yeah. So it comes as no surprise that a person would try and kind of hack the system, stick it to the man, like you said. Totally.
1: I don't blame the lady at all. Yeah. But I really feel like this is a symptom of the problems in the airline industry. You know, if you try to have it both ways in charging the same amount of money and reducing your services, and on top of that, continuing to find ways to bleed people dry for cash, then yeah, you're going to breed resentment with the consumer. Mm
0: -hmm. But it seems like the airlines don't really care no they don't care they just carry on being terrible
1: they do they do and while i wouldn't fake a baby belly or hide a tablet you know in like yoga pants i can't say i blame that one lady for doing it right
0: it's like i get it but i wouldn't do it exactly exactly (laughs) so if you want to read more about this story by rebecca andrews head over to escape.com for her side of things and this brings us to act three of our show (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I can do anywhere. anymore. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why do the cheap hotels have more freebies than expensive ones? They, you know, you might be surprised. <laughs> the answer.
1: <laughs> I've actually wondered this before. A few years back, I went to visit a friend who was in town and they were staying at one of the Fairmonts in Scottsdale. And as we were admiring the grounds and hotel rooms, I couldn't help but notice how literally everything had a price tag on it. The Wi-Fi, the water, the parking, exorbitant surcharges for room service, the charges to make phone calls. I mean, the, the list went on and on. And I really wondered at hotels that... You know, they charge four to five hundred dollars per night. Like, what's the deal with the nitpicky charges?
0: Yeah, exactly. Whereas like somewhere like uh La Quinta or something would have free breakfast, parking and Wi Fi, and you just paid a lot less overall. Yeah. So definitely while we aren't comparing quality and caliber of hotels here, it's a good question with things that are clearly no different no matter where you are, like Wi Fi and parking, mm-hmm. you know? It's the same internet. It's just, you know, as long as your car is in a, you know, between two lines at a safe yeah, place. Yeah, on it's asphalt. Parking. Yeah, it's parking. Yeah. But breakfast could probably be a different story. I get that. Sure. You know, the breakfast sure. you get at the Fairmont is going to be different than La Quinta. You yes. Know.
1: However, though, I uh-huh. have been at Hilton's that charge for breakfast that I'd say is the same caliber as La oh, Quinta. No. <laughs> the same industrial waffle maker in the cistern of waffle batter. And the same garbage fruit salad of cantaloupe and grapes. And the same weak coffee. But one's $10 and one's free. So what gives?
0: Yeah, I can still hear the beep of the waffle maker. <laughs>
1: turn in it. My mind.
0: Yep, time to turn it.
1: Time to turn it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Under fluorescent lights. It, that is real depressing. We, we need to stop. Motion to stop the waffle maker.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So anyways, according to Marketplace.org... The fancy hotels are often frequented by business travelers who will be expensing all of the incidentals, quote unquote, to the company. So they don't care about a daily $20 Wi-Fi fee or a $40 resort fee to use the gym because they will just be expensing it at the end of the stay. So the bill ultimately isn't coming out of their own pockets, right? And hotels know this type of situation and kind of use it in a way to make more money.
1: Hmm. And so people who would be footing the bill themselves likely wouldn't stay at those sorts of places anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hmm. However, with the dawn of the internet age and social media hotels and social media, sorry, um, hotels are, shall we say, you know, being held accountable. Yeah. You know, with online reviews and more and more people calling them out for silly charges and more and more places are building the cost into the nightly rate as a, as a result. So, However slight the increase might be, uh, they try to do that to cover the charges.
1: Okay. Okay, Mr. Mr. Tech Dude. (laughs) What do you say about a $20 per night Wi-Fi fee? Is that appropriate for what a hotel would pay to have Wi-Fi? So according to the Google, an average hotel room in the United States has 115 rooms or an average hotel has 115 rooms. So is that justified for the overhead or is that a cash grab?
0: Um, so as with anything that I do these days, it depends. Mm-hmm. But that does seem kind of steep and more leaning towards a cash grab. I mean, because the, the Internet must be pretty spectacular if you're paying 20 bucks a night for it. And we all know Let's that hotel that.
1: Wi-Fi is not. I mean, I've, I've stayed at Fairmont's. I've stayed at La Quinta's. I've stayed at Hilton's and the Wi-Fi is the same.
0: Right. So hotels do have to find a balance between, you know, providing a good experience, but making sure everyone gets that experience. So they usually throttle down everyone's connection so that everyone has a connection instead of just one person or a select few having the fastest Internet in the whole place. Mm hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's the type of Wi-Fi system they're using to deploy the the you know the service to everybody. Mm-hmm. And does that have its own support costs? So if something were to go down, they can call the manufacturer or some sort of company to to repair it. Um, and what are those monthly costs? So it's it is definitely uh, a complex and it depends kind of answer. Okay, well, all but right. I do think twenty bucks a night per room, and that's assuming you have. A person in every room. right?
1: So let's say 150 rooms times 20 is $2,300 a day that you're making. So does it cost $2,300 a day to operate a Wi-Fi for 115 rooms? I'd
0: say probably not. But Mm -hmm. then again, I don't have a business internet connection uh, cost.
1: Right. Well, how about... Okay, well, here. I've got my calculator out. So let's say what's the average... Internet bills like sixty dollars?
0: For a home internet bill, yes. Right.
1: Okay. So divided by thirty days. So two dollars. Two dollars a day yeah. for home internet, which I know is far and away better than hotel internet.
0: <laughs> but so, there's far, far fewer people. The, again, there's a lot of variables. But like I how do,
1: many routers do they have?
0: <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. They do they have
1: 115 routers? Is it one router per room?
0: No. Okay. No. So uh, the routers have cousins that are the Wi-Fi access points, (laughs) and there's usually one per several rooms. Um, And then, yeah, of course, since there's multiple people, and usually um, a person will have more than one device, there's just so many variables. Okay. So they have to juggle that and evaluate that. You know. Okay. So it probably.
1: So, but it's probably safe to say it doesn't justify that kind of fee.
0: I think more $5 a night would be reasonable. W- more reasonable mm-hmm. um, because you could probably make a little bit of money on that, maybe a couple bucks, and uh, and still cover the costs of supporting the Wi-Fi. Right,
1: because like $20 a night, if you're there for three nights, you've just spent $60 on Wi-Fi, so you've just spent an entire month on just three
0: nights. Right.
1: Like a month's worth. Or so. for your home internet. Yeah, Right, which is better. Typically, so. So this kind of explains why hotels have backed off with charging people the crazy daily fee. So and and, right. and it's more ubiquitous now. Like Wi Fi is expected, it's not like it's nineteen ninety five. Right, exactly. Everyone wants their dial up.
0: Yeah. So we've definitely seen them Was there
1: even internet in ninety five? Sure. Okay, sure.
0: American online. All right. American online, America online. Oh my America gosh,
1: America online. It's late. <laughs> we should probably wrap this up. We're trying Ira. to
0: mix um, this American life and America online into the yeah. same. I just, I just. Ira, Ira's up. mouth was not ready to
1: make <laughs> that transition. So.
0: So I've um, seen even the nicer hotels have started adding things like meal credits for people who have you know the fancy travel credit cards or rewards memberships. You know, yeah, Diners Club. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I'm glad to see. I'm really glad to see. So, okay, can we explain why La Quinta has free breakfast and Hilton doesn't? Even though it is roughly the same product. I mean, you don't have the brand recognition, but product-wise, you're getting the same thing.
0: So it would seem, you know, so far that it was originally because business travelers would just expense the parking, breakfast, and internet. So they didn't care about what the charges were. And the more budget-conscious hotels... Um, had more complimentary things because people who are you know actually paying for the stay would care about those sorts of things
1: yeah and probably also to compete with Airbnb I mean let's be honest because Airbnb does not charge you for parking for laundry for internet like all that stuff is is included and baked into the price so Mm -hmm. I would assume that to be competitive in that marketplace as well like hey you know we're not gonna nitpick your charges either so um, and also you know anyone who's kind of in the in-between i would hope that they thought about them who wanted a nice hotel experience but they were left spending an additional two hundred dollars in stupid charges for stuff that they could get for free at a you know hilton or an airbnb like i would hope right. that they got a wise to that
0: well thankfully the tide is changing there you know and uh probably the internet age, as well as travel becoming more prevalent, is kind of keeping the hotels a bit more honest and fair about their charges.
1: Yeah, I'd I think say. so too. And so, even if they're building in the internet overhead, I mean, just like we were saying earlier with the airline, it just feels better to have that included in the price.
0: Yep. Yep. You just look bad when you're in a nitpicky situation with charges. And it, you know, does seem uh disingenuous when we all know it doesn't actually cost what you are charging for what seems like basic thing, you know, like baggage and internet. Yeah.
1: I mean, and you're in the hospitality industry. It doesn't feel very hospitable to right. to be just suddenly inundated with these weird charges for stuff that you could get for free elsewhere and is not necessarily a superior product and it's hard to feel welcome and to feel like a guest if the host hasn't even gone to the extra effort to weave in a few basic necessities into overall bill yeah
0: it's a conundrum for sure
1: it is so we're glad we're glad to see hotels are changing but there's your answer and we're not in this and this listener was not the first person to bring this up obviously marketplace felt the need to talk about it so people have noticed and have brought this issue to light so thank you well we're happy to be in league with marketplace (laughs) <laughs>
0: exactly. Thank you for listening. Uh, that concludes our show today. <laughs> I can't do it anyway <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our podcast birthday special. Yeah. Happy you're birthday, about to go. Cast.
1: Yeah, you're about to go, Kermit the Frog. There, I could hear it. <laughs> so, thank you so much for your listenership. Making this podcast really has been a fun diversion for us over the last year, and we are oh, yeah. so grateful to those of you who have been part of this community.
0: Yep. And always remember to click, download and like and subscribe, which is a fun way to say what we like to call telling the Internet you like our stuff.
1: Yeah. And since we don't rely on advertising or we don't obsess over SEO to get the word out about Mm -hmm. our show, which is why our content remains awesome and ad free, by the way, we rely heavily on our network of listeners and readers to keep this thing going.
0: Yep. Also, uh, check out our merch store over at uh, clusterfustravel.com, where you can find our awesome clothing line that is inspired by travel and designed by us. And, of course, all the proceeds from those sales go to keeping the lights on here.
1: And while you are there, check out the blog, podcast landing page, and links to our various social media outlets.
0: You know, and hey, if you like this style of episode, feel free to send us uh, your suggestions, topics, questions, over at travel at gmail.com. Or you can find a nifty little messaging widget on our website at com and shoot us a message that way.
1: And even though American Airlines wants to give away those in-flight charcuterie boards for free <laughs> whenever they hear us say it, this is the ClusterCast, a filterless podcast on family travel. Hello, so everyone. Bye.